Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Bree James here with you. And on today's episode, we're going to chat to the pediatrician and father of three, Dr. Daniel Golshevsky, also known as Dr. Golly, about sharing the secrets for your baby to get a good night's sleep. Because as your child grows, their sleep patterns and sleep requirements do change dramatically. Uh, but what is normal and what is abnormal when it comes to a baby's sleep patterns and needs? Well, we're going to find out today uh, because we do really need to ensure that they are getting a good night's rest and you are as well. So the wonderful Dr. Golly is going to answer our burning questions to share some of his techniques to get your little one into a healthy sleep routine. Let's get him on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So Dr. Golly, tell me what's normal or abnormal when it comes to baby's sleep patterns and needs. Great question. So the changes, uh, it, it changes at all stages of a baby's journey. Um, for a newborn, for example, you can expect them to sleep almost all the time. They wake for brief periods. Sometimes they don't even open their eyes. Some people will tell me that it seems like their baby's sleeping 24 seven, um, but usually they will have enough wakefulness in order to let you know that they're hungry to go through a feed um, and then and change and then often we'll go straight back to sleep sometimes that can be as brief as 45 minutes in the newborn period um, others will have a longer window up to two hours and you can have everything in between and then as the baby grows older uh, as you can imagine the amount of sleep that they require is less um, over time and the general rule in pediatrics for sleep duration in a 24-hour period is usually roughly and it's just a guy but it's roughly 16 minus their age in years. Um, it doesn't always apply to newborns so well, but it's a good guide for older children. Um, and generally speaking, uh, when we're talking about beyond the newborn period and through childhood, kids are having sleep cycles and they usually last in the newborn period around 45 minutes. Um, adults will be closer to an hour and a half, sometimes a bit more. Um, and the real challenge, I guess, for babies to elongate their sleep is to stitch together those sleep cycles when they move from um, deep sleep into light sleep. We want them to then return back into deep sleep. Um, and, and that's really the aim of, of most of settling techniques and sleep routines is to try to get them to sleep for longer periods of time. Because, yeah, often, you know, you do get them down and you've, you've done everything you can to pop them into their, into their, little, their little sleeping area. And then, yeah, literally they wake up 20 minutes later or instantly. Um, so I guess it's a real challenge, I guess, to get them to go through that sleep cycle and, and sleep through it again to go through another one. So that they yeah, sleep that's right. Five minutes. Absolutely right. And I think the big challenge is, is identifying what it is that's causing them to wake. So a baby will um, always have a very good reason, especially in the newborn period, the first few weeks, months of life, there's always a reason for that baby to wake up. And I think the big, one of the big problems that I find in practice is that people um, don't try to find the reason. Once you find it, if you can identify it, you can almost always treat it, you can prevent it. And then you do set yourself up, set your baby up for a situation whereby you put them down, you walk away and you trust that they will continue to sleep and they will stitch together those cycles as long as you've removed the hurdles that are preventing that in the first place. So what sort of hurdles are they usually? 
Well, it can be anything in a newborn, but probably one of the most common ones I would say is the baby that's not winded adequately. So you can have a child who has a feed, who has a clean nappy, who is nice and warm, really tired, showing all the tired cues, is put down, swaddled, everything perfectly, put down to sleep. And because they are so tired, they will go to sleep. But if you haven't removed all of the triggers for unsettled behaviour, one of which, for example, as we said, was wind, that baby, when they're no longer extremely tired and unable to fight their need to sleep, when they come back up to the top of their sleep cycle, they will not be able to go back to sleep because they won't have that same um, strong urge to sleep. And anything that causes discomfort is going to prevent them from falling back into a sleep cycle. So very, very commonly I'll have people come to me and say, my baby only sleeps 45 minutes at a time. And that's a very clear sign that you haven't removed all of the hurdles um, that, is, that is preventing that baby from stitching those cycles. So as I said, probably the most common one would be wind, especially in the newborn period. Beyond that, it could be a medical problem like, for example, poorly controlled eczema. I think we underestimate how itchy eczema is and babies are not very good at scratching individual itchy spots. They'll just call, sort of wriggle and writhe around to try to scratch everything all at once and that can drive unsettled behaviour. There's also um, intolerances to different kinds of milks, be it something in the breast milk that's gone through mum or a formula. And then it could be something as simple as the room's not dark enough, the room's too quiet, um, the baby's too cold. There's a whole lot of troubleshooting that um, I, I teach parents to go through. And once, like I said, once you've identified the problem, that's half the job. The second half is getting rid of it or managing it, preventing it. And then you can expect them to really sleep exactly what they are capable of at their developmental stage and chronological age. Yeah, because it is so... Uh, challenging I guess for new parents you're sleep de deprived yourself and you've got this little baby that seems so unsettled um, that you know any sort of look of discomfort it's you know you pick them straight back up again and you know you want to give them that cuddle to reassure them but it's that challenge to get them um, back off you and back down to sleep because they need to yeah. learn it's, it's not a, a skill I guess that they have they need to learn how to sleep as well that's exactly right but we also can't expect them to do that while they have something causing discomfort. So for example, you'll, you'll never see me telling a, a parent of a newborn to, to engage in controlled crying or just to walk away or let yeah. them cry and they'll eventually cry themselves to sleep. I mean, I think that that's just cruel. I, I couldn't do that with my own children. So I would never ex give someone the advice to do it with theirs. So for me, my philosophy um, and what you'll see is just, weave throughout the program that we have is all about identifying the problem, removing it, and then you'll find that this baby will have no reason to be unsettled, have no reason to wake after a short sleep cycle, and then everyone reaps the benefits of more sleep. Now, why is the non-breastfeeding parent so important? Because, you know, I, I've noticed in your, um, your sharings that they're a bit of a secret weapon to help out mums. That's exactly right. So first let's identify who they are. In, you know, for ease of conversation, I'll refer to them as dads, but it's, it can be anyone. You know, families come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, you can have caregivers, grandparents, um, two mums, two dads, whatever it may be. Just for ease of conversation, I'll, I'll refer to them as dads, as the non-breastfeeding parent. And essentially they are the secret weapon because they don't smell of milk. 
So if you smell of milk as a breastfeeding mother, you've got hormones coursing through your veins that make you want to feed this baby. So if you want to feed the baby, the baby wants to be fed, not because of hunger, but because of comfort, then what do you think is going to happen? You almost always feed. And I don't want to use words like succumb or give in. That's not the right language. It's just extremely, extremely difficult to not feed a baby when they're crying, when you know that it will stop their crying, and when you want to do it, and when you're full of milk and you're bursting at the seams, it's very, very hard to not breastfeed. So why is the non-breastfeeding parent, why is dad the secret weapon? Because if it's not hunger that's waking that baby and dad goes in and picks that child up, make sure we don't have a dirty nappy, we aren't too hot, too cold, there's no tag on the clothing that's itching them or something like that. Maybe they have a burp, maybe there's something that they can quickly, easily troubleshoot. They hold that baby and more often than not, the baby will calm down because that dad is sending a very strong message to the baby I'm not going to feed you. I can't feed you. I've got, I've got no milk. Sometimes um, I look after a lot of parents where dad is away for business or a fly and fly out dad or something like that. And the mums will say to me, what do I do if I'm, I'm there by myself? Well, the answer is go and take one of dad's hoodies, go and take a jumper or a jacket of dad, put it on to not only mask the smell of breast milk, but also to smell more like dad. And the baby's far more likely to think, oh, this is dad here picking me up. This bloke's not going to feed me. I'll get my burp out. I'll be swaddled. I'll go straight back to sleep. And it's extremely, extremely successful. So not only is it, is it successful at settling babies, but the other added bonus is that the whole time that dad's been in there settling, burping, changing, whatever it may be, mum's fast asleep. And that's really, really important that we protect the mother following the journey of pregnancy, delivery, and in the postnatal stage as well. Yes, because I guess tired mums, um, they don't produce enough breast milk if they're getting too tired and not looking after themselves. Absolutely. To make breast milk, other problems. Yeah, that's right. So to make breast milk, you know, you need to drink, you need stimulation and you need to sleep. So if you're sleep deprived, that, that's the number one cause or the number one trigger to drop breast milk supply. So we want mums to sleep more. We want mums to be more rested and everybody wins in the end. Mm. So are there any techniques that parents can use to help their child get a good night's sleep? There are many. So the first, there are first level things like a completely dark room, white noise, appropriate clothing, making sure, especially this time of year, you know, that top guides for warmth are very, very important. Um, you also have to have the right expectation and, and perspective. So make sure that you're aiming for an age appropriate uh, routine. Um, not having unrealistic expectations. And then beyond that, feed your baby, keep them warm, keep them clean, as in a fresh nappy, and then shift all the focus to remove any barriers that exist that cause them to be unsettled or wake early. I mean, it sounds very simple, of course. It's easy for me to say, but um, I, I put a lot, a lot of effort into um, empowering parents to learn to interpret their babies better, to learn to interpret the cues both physical and through the cry, the pattern of waking, the pattern of behavior, the way that they feed, their body movements, their facial expressions. Once you learn how to interpret their communication, then all of a sudden you become equipped, you become the expert in this particular baby. 
Um, you know, people sometimes say, oh, you, you're a baby whisperer. And I, like, I completely, completely object to that title. It's very flattering. It's lovely. But I've, I talk to parents. I'm the parent whisperer, not the baby whisperer. I want to empower the parents and give them the tools. And then they come to the baby with this toolbox of um, ways of interpreting their cries and ways of, of troubleshooting the issues. And then all of a sudden, they feel empowered. You can really turn the volume up on that, intern that innate instinct, that parental instinct, which exists in every single one of us. And the final result is a, is a good night's sleep for a baby, which results in a good night's sleep for parents. And you just, you ooze confidence. And babies feel that, they know that. Babies are excellent communicators. We completely underestimate this all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you are confident and you're relaxed and, and you really feel like you've got this, I know exactly what my baby wants at any particular time. And someone comes along and says, oh, you're not feeding your baby enough or, oh, you're not patting them hard enough or whatever it may be. You can just, you know, smile politely, nod and say, no, 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 I got this. I'm completely in control and I'm comfortable. And then the baby is held by someone who just oozes confidence. They drink that up and then they are settled as a result. Now you've got a Dr. Golly philosophy. Can you share that a little bit more with me? Absolutely. It's essentially what, what I was just talking about. It's about empowering parents to interpret their baby better. You know, we talk about how well um, dogs communicate, you know, how they can smell fear and, and they, they don't need language in order to communicate. Our babies are exactly the same. It's, it's us as grown-ups who, who complicate communication. You know, we use sarcasm and nuance and a lot of body language, it's really confusing the way that we communicate. Whereas babies are far more raw, they're far more um, instinctive. And they can, just like dogs, they can smell worry, they can smell fear, but they can also smell confidence. So the philosophy is about building up the confidence of a parent so that they bring that to the table, they bring that to feeding times to sleeping times to routines to every part of child rearing and when you have a confident parent the result it speaks for itself people always say to me oh my third child was my easiest the child is no easier than your first it's that you've got experience and all of a sudden the way that you handle a baby is very different third time round to first time round i mean 10 minutes ago i was examining a baby in a parent's room who delivered yesterday and the parents burst out laughing and say, I cannot believe how you're handling this baby. You just, you, you're not wrapping them in cotton wool and careful and moving them slowly and gently and fast forward a month and the parents will be doing exactly the same thing. Now I'm not being rough. I'm not being dangerous. I'm not hurting the baby. It's just about moving with the confidence um, that everybody has within them. And I don't think you need to be a pediatrician in order to have that confidence. I don't think you need to have five children in order to feel confident. I think that the confidence is within us. That innate instinct is within us. We just need to find it. We need to turn up the volume on it. And we need parents to ultimately feel comfortable, feel confident handling their children. So true, because I guess you, you are so nervous with that first bath and that first nappy change and um, all those things that come from being a first-time parent. But, yeah, as, as it moves along, you certainly are growing confidence. Now, you've got a Dr. Golly sleep program as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
So this is essentially the toolbox. This is um, 15, 20 years of, of work um, that I really wanted to be available to people beyond just my consultation room. You know, one of the things that frustrated me was that I can only reach one person at a time, one family at a time. So I wanted to be able to put this out there so that people can um, cut through a lot of misinformation that's out there. It, it always frustrated me immensely from a professional point of view that there's so much talk about this newborn period. There are um, sleep schools and sleep consultants and celebrities giving advice. Um, there wasn't a very strong medical presence and I wanted to cut through a lot of misinformation. I wanted to demystify a lot of things. I wanted to give a healthy dose of perspective to people, to parents, um, and then also teach them how to interpret their babies when they do find what it is that's causing their baby to be unsettled or not in a good routine. I then wanted to give them the tools to fix it. It doesn't help if you tell someone this is the problem and then walk away or don't give them the tools to then actually remedy the problem. Um, there is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all model. You can't just give someone a routine and say, here, follow this, which is a much more militant approach and definitely not something that I, that I subscribe to. Um, I've done a lot of work. Probably this goes back to my, my first child who was born more than eight years ago. And she was, she's just absolutely gorgeous. But to be honest, she was horribly unsettled. And um, as a pediatrician, I never had any intention of going into this area of newborns. Um, I was actually training to become a cardiologist at the time. And then um, she arrived and she showed me just how unsettled babies, healthy babies can be. And, um, and I, it, I became obsessed with it. And then I did extra training in infant mental health. Uh, and I've worked with sleep schools, sleep consultants, lactation consultants, um, parent craft nurses. I've read every book written on the topic and done all the courses and seen all the videos. And it's, like I said, there is no such thing as one size fits all. There's never a militant approach. Um, you won't find a rigid routine or a rigid settling technique in this program. It's, it's even designed in such a way that you, it's like you're going through an online university course. You, you progress through each chapter like you're doing a course. I promise you there's no exam at the end, but it's all about um, feeling like you're learning those skills and you're learning, oh, that's what that rash is about and that's why that baby's head shape is like that and, oh, so I shouldn't be worried about this and perhaps that's not normal. So it's really about teaching um, teaching parents, which is what I do every day, consulting, and this is just trying to um, get it out there. So is there anywhere listeners can go for more information about uh, these programs and where they can get them from? Yeah, absolutely. The, the best way is to go to um, drgolly.com, so D-R-G-O-L-L-Y.com. Um, you'll see lots of helpful hints there and and video content there's always something going up on instagram every few days as well um, it's an online learning course it's self-paced it's got content for newborns content for children all the way up to five years of age um, and it's the learnings that i put into practice every single day um, it takes a lot of what I do in the consulting room makes it readily available it's easily digested it's not just text or tables and things like that I wanted to provide a lot of video content so you can see it in real time um, a lot of 
images and everything, it's, it's hard when you're sleep deprived. You don't want to be given a 500-page document and said, this is how you're going to get your baby to sleep because there's no way you can process <laughs> that. You just simply can't take it in. No, you'll fall asleep um, trying to read it at the same time. <laughs> that's right. So, look, it's, it's essentially, in summary, it's the tools to learn to interpret your baby better. Um, it teaches you what's normal. It teaches you what's abnormal, what your baby's capable of, and when they need to be given a bit more time to reach these, these targets. Um, but most of all, it's about debunking a lot of myths like we, like we spoke about um, and, in, and just empowering you to harness what's, what I believe is already within each parent um, that we just need to make more available. Any parting words for parents listening right now with a newborn that won't sleep? Trust yourself. I think the first question that I ask parents when they come to me and present a problem is, what do you think? What do you think is going on? Mums and dads are very seldom wrong. Um, it's those instincts, they're already within you. And we just, we, honestly, we just need to turn the volume up. Um, and this, this program gives you the strength and, and the confidence to be able to really sift through a lot of well-meaning advice and and bat away all the unsolicited pressure that seems to flow around newborns. Um, and, and I just hope that it gives people the confidence to really um, interpret their baby better and just enjoy this, this period. I, I, it breaks my heart when people tell me that they need to get through this period. When people say things like the four month sleep regression is a rite of passage, it just, it, it, it isn't. It, it's not at all. There's no such thing as a four-month sleep regression. There's no such thing as untreatable colic. There's always something that can be done. Never underestimate the importance of sleep because when you sleep more, everything improves physically, mentally, everything gets better. So really prioritise that above everything else. Um, and it's my hope that we can really um, enable parents to love this period and look back on it fondly and not think of it with dread and and doom but really just love this period because it really is the most magical magnificent in my opinion thing to create a baby from absolutely nothing and then grow that baby help that baby deliver into this world it's just the most i mean for me it's beautiful and it really should be enjoyed and if I can help a parent to do that, then my job is done. Beautiful note to end on. You're bringing back, back all the beautiful feelings about having uh, that little baby on your chest. It does. I've got a 10 and 12 year old now, so it goes very, very, very quickly. So all mums and dads listening right now, I know you're tired, but, you know, enjoy it because it doesn't last very long. That's right. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Gully. No problem. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? So we learned a lot today about newborns. Number one was that a newborn will have three to five day naps uh, and sleep anywhere from 15 to 18 hours per day. What a life. That's uh, nearly as good as my dogs. Um, but by eight months, most toddlers will have dropped to two naps and will be sleeping around 14 hours a day. And by three years old, uh, some children will have dropped the daytime nap completely uh, and sleeping, you know, around that 12 hours a day. 
Now, number two is that fathers are more likely to be able to resettle a baby. So if something wakes them uh, up before a scheduled feed, uh, get dad up to do, deal with it because dads don't have the same oxytocin surge that mothers get and they also don't smell like breast milk. So there's that bonus too. I loved his tip about wearing uh, dad's shirt though if you can't get dad out of bed, which many um, mums with newborns, you know, dad seems to sleep through everything. Um, you know, wear dad's shirt and go in there and settle them so that they can smell dad's scent instead of yours was a really great tip. Uh, number three was that kids thrive on routine, especially when it comes to bedtime. As Dr. Golly mentioned, make sure their sleeping environment is correct. Uh, check the temperature of the room, white noise, lighting, etc. all helps. Um, and daytime nutrition plays a big role in their ability to sleep through the night, particularly for babies under one year of age as well. Uh, so remember to check out Dr. Golly's amazing sleep program to help you get your children in a sleeping routine that works for your family. Head over to drdolly.com. Head over to drgolly.com for more information. Uh, but good luck. It's a challenging time. Those toddler and early infant and newborn year, uh, years getting your baby to sleep, you'll get there. Uh, just make sure you're resting when you can as well. Well, that's the end of our show. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, remember, any important links can be found in the show notes as per usual. But thank you so much, Dr. Golly, for being on the show. Wasn't he wonderful? Um, make sure you go and check out that uh, amazing sleep program that he's got to offer you as well. Until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.